Welcome to the Voice Tech Podcast. Join me, Carl Robinson, in conversation with the world's leading voice technology experts. Discover the latest products, tools, and techniques, and learn to build the voice apps of the future. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Voice Tech Podcast. My name's Carl Robinson, and today we have another very special conference episode for you. You'll hear three presentations given at the Voice Connected Home 2019 event, which all took place in Cologne in Germany on May the 7th this year. It was a great event, very well organized and full of voice technology experts, very keen to share their experiences with one another. And so it's my pleasure to bring you a few of those presentations today. First, you'll hear me give a quick 15 minute talk on the voice technology trends of 2019, what we're likely to see and how it will affect customer interaction. So this is essentially a summary of the products and the ideas that I've discovered come across over the past year of podcast interviews. That's right. I've been going for more than a year now. Uh, and with the voice industry moving as fast as it is, uh, some of these are already becoming reality. And then you'll hear from the fantastic Nikki Birch, executive producer at BBC R&D. And she gives uh, an informative and entertaining presentation entitled How to Design Your Experiences, a Producer's Guide. So this presentation contains loads of practical advices from the trenches. As you know, uh, BBC R&D really are leading the way in producing uh, interactive voice experiences, uh, content-driven experiences. Uh, they put a lot of great information online, uh, including uh, this presentation has a, an accompanying PDF uh, that contains all the advice in it. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And finally, you'll hear from Marion Sardone, who's the senior content and character designer of the Intelligent Personal Assistant at BMW Germany. She explains why it's important for your voice assistant to be given a personality and then describes how they went about creating one for their in-car assistant. If you missed this year's event in Germany, don't worry, uh, there's a sister event happening in Portland, Oregon in the United States on September the 24th and 25th this year. Uh, more details on that will follow. This podcast is sponsored by Manning Publishing. At manning.com, there's a huge range of software development books, including voice applications for Alexa and Google Assistant, as well as many books on Python, JavaScript, databases, and much more. With the Manning Early Access Program, you can read a book chapter by chapter while it's being written. This unique feature gives you access to up-to-the-minute knowledge on the hottest technologies. All the books are available at manning.com, and right now you can get 40% off all books with the promo code podvoicetech19. Just a quick note, uh, I've put timestamps on uh, the show notes for each interview. Uh, so if you want to skip to a particular talk, you can just check out the, the show notes in your podcast app or at voicetechpodcast.com. So with that, enjoy the presentations. Thank you very much. Uh, this is the third and final presentation before the roundtable. Uh, my name's Carl Robinson. Um, this is a presentation on the voice technology trends of 2019. Um, it's a short presentation, just 15 minutes, so I'll try and rattle through it. Um, by day, uh, I'm a data scientist. I work with text data, NLP. Um, previously, I've worked with uh, voice data, uh, voice emotion transformation. But by night, I'm the host of the Voice Tech Podcast, which gives me the opportunity to speak with voice technology professionals such as yourselves. And uh, today I'd like to present some of the insights that I've gleaned over the last 12 months of conversations of uh, bi-weekly episodes and uh, share with them with you so that you can prepare for the uh, coming changes in the voice technology ecosystem and uh, hopefully take advantage of them. So the first change, um, the first trend that we're going to see 
is uh, more natural interactions with voice, inter uh, voice uh, interfaces. So this is driven in large part by uh, better natural language understanding, developed uh, obviously by Google, Amazon, Apple, they're all working hard on this. But there are also many uh, open source projects that are currently underway. Um, RASA NLU is one such example, and they're quickly gaining community support, and as a result, uh, gaining in sophistication as well. Um, the next uh, reason why uh, interactions have become more natural is faster devices. So this is both faster on-chip processing uh, and also faster networks like 5G, which is just around the corner. And what this does is it allows for faster response times, which, as you know, uh, is crucial when it comes to conversational interaction because differences of just 100 milliseconds can really make a difference in how natural a conversation feels and uh, really affects usability. And uh, another couple of examples that we've already seen, implicit invocation and follow-up responses. So instead of having to go through the laborious invocation of saying, hey Alexa, ask British Gas, what's my gas balance? You can just simply say, what's my gas balance? And then, if, and then for a follow-up, instead of saying, hey Alexa, ask British Gas, what's my gas balance for last month? You can simply say, and for last month? And so the conversation becomes a lot more natural. This is going to promote a lot more frequent use of the voice assistants. Um, it's going to promote uh, longer sessions because people find it less painful, more enjoyable to use, uh, and also more impactful interactions. You can uh, influence the user a lot more easily when you're engaged with a, a more involved, a more uh, meaningful conversation. Okay. OK, so the next big trend is um, more personalization. So this is really exciting. Um, this is driven by a number of factors. So first of all, uh, technology which is currently in existence, and everything I'm talking about today is technology that happened right now. There's no uh, futurology, futurist uh, speaking here. This is all based on conversations that I've done with uh, technologists who are actually building this and selling it right now. So there's uh, many companies that are developing biometric uh, authentication. And this basically means that the voice assistant will know who you are from the moment you start speaking. So that removes all login, all account linking. So it means it's much, uh, much less friction, zero friction even. Um, but it also means that every microphone and every voice-enabled device is suddenly a voice-enabled device that can give you personalized services. So at the moment, you have to log into a smartphone or you have to log into your own smart speaker. Um, but in the very near future, hopefully, uh, you'll be able to walk up to any smart speaker or any voice-enabled device, big or small, and immediately start accessing personalized services. The next one is emotional contact. So as well as it knowing who you are, it will also know how you feel, what mood you're in right now, real time. And uh, this allows it to um, make a better guess at what your intent is. And as you know, uh, natural language understanding, it's all about guessing what you mean, what you want. And that can be very, uh, very open when it comes to voice interfaces. So the more information, the better. Um, there's a huge amount of work, a lot of companies working on emotion recognition, and we're going to start seeing this uh, appear more and more. The third one is environmental context. So uh, voice uh, interfaces, microphones don't appear on their own. They're often accompanied by many other sensors and smartphones, other devices. Um, so with that, we can get environmental context. We can find out where you are through GPS, um, often who you're with, which is kind of a scary proposition, uh, what's going on around you, um, and what task you're currently performed, performing. So an example would be um, through a GPS, we know you're sat in Starbucks, you're in a coffee shop. But are you working in Starbucks or are you having a chat with a friend? Is it a busy coffee shop or is it quiet? And we can adapt the responses of voice interfaces based on this uh, contextual knowledge. 
Um, so all of this, like I say, gives you more relevant responses and it promotes greater acceptance uh, amongst the, the general public, it becomes uh, more acceptable, more appropriate and uh, less annoying as well and less likely that a voice interface, which will become proactive soon enough, will interrupt you when you're in the middle of a conversation or a work meeting, for example. It'll be more uh, able to select the appropriate volume if you're in a, if you're in a quiet area, etc., uh, etc. Et Not reveal sensitive information about you if you're in a public area. The examples go on. Okay, so the next uh, example, uh, rattling through these, um, is uh, more privacy. So this is a big issue in voice interface today. Everyone's worried about their data being exposed. Um, there's a number of solutions currently underway for this. Uh, edge computing is one of them. So this means processing on chip, on device. It completely avoids any data being transferred over the network. So once upon a time, we thought that um, industry standard NLU could only be delivered through cloud processing uh, facilities. But now we know that we can get fantastic results on chip that, that constrains everything onto the device uh, and, pr and promotes uh, a level of privacy that users demand, especially for uh, sensitive contexts such as financial operations. Um, along with that um, come frameworks such as TinyML. This is a project that's currently underway to uh, improve the performance of machine learning models that run on chip um, in order to provide these next level services um, without having to transfer data over the network, of course. Um, there are many uh, open source projects currently underway. I'm thinking SNPs in Paris, where I live, um, Mycroft uh, as well. Um, these are all uh, being open source projects where you have access to the source code. That promotes transparency. When you can see what's going on at the architectural level, then you're less worried about how your data is actually being, being processed. But it's not just uh, software and hardware obstacles that we have to overcome to gain the user's trust. But it's also uh, physical improvements. It's probably not the best way to put it. There's a uh, social factors, social obstacles that get in the way of us using these voice assistants. So speaking to voice assistants in the workplace can be embarrassing. Uh, dealing with financial transactions, like uh, logging into your bank, is something that I've personally refused to do, even though uh, Borsarama have recently uh, implemented the functionality. So it's just too open. It just doesn't feel secure enough. And so there's a number of uh, uh, innovations or projects underway to, to fix that. I've seen, uh, as we know, whisper detection on uh, Alexa already. Um, there are things that cover your mouth so you can kind of whisper into them uh, in the office so you can actually uh, verbalize your request without anyone overhearing. Uh, there are devices now that can measure the movements in your mouth without you actually having to say a word. So you can mouth the words silently. You can imagine that being used like in the military or something, but maybe we'll all be doing it one day. Um, and so on and so forth. <laughs> There's even a gaze activation. So you, if you're too lazy to say the wait word, uh, you can just look at the device. It'll know that you're talking to it as opposed to, to somebody else. So all of these things uh, promote usage. They open up the number of use cases available. And they open up uh, the ability to work in more sensitive contexts, like I say, like financial or health data, et cetera. OK, so the next big trend is more ubiquitous. That means we're going to see them everywhere and anywhere. There are already millions of smart uh, devices out there, smart speakers, smartphones. Um, but the next big category is going to be hearables. So hearables, if you don't know already, are basically earphones, headphones, things that you wear on your person, anything that's mobile that allows you to communicate with a, a voice assistant. Um, these are really important because they're with you anytime that you're not um, next to a smart speaker. So you're thinking when you leave the home, the smart speaker you leave it at home, of course, it's uh, installed. But you've got the hearable on you. So this means that it can capture more data. It's with you all the time. Uh, it can also capture data in a wider variety of contexts, open up uh, increased uh, usage, excuse me, um, and obviously in a wider variety of use cases. And so one good example I think of um, for 
opening up use cases. It's podcasting. Uh, there are many apps right now you've seen, I won't name names, but there are a lot of solutions because it seems like a no-brainer. Why don't we put podcasts on smart speakers? Then I can just ask for which episode I want, or I can say I want an episode about such and such topic, and it will give it to me. But um, we don't listen to podcasts sat at our desk staring at a smart speaker. We listen to it on the go while washing up, while walking to work. We're always mobile. Hearables are one such solution to that. As soon as uh, I can ask for a specific episode or a specific topic through a hearable, bang, we've got a, a podcast application that makes sense through a voice-enabled device. Next big category is uh, smart TVs. So people still spend uh, an inordinate amount of time sat in front of a TV. Makes sense to put a voice interface on it, obviously. That's going to increase usage dramatically. But it also allows us to make the TV more interactive. Um, there's a company called Instreamatic that are working on uh, interactive adverts. They play 10 seconds. They ask you, do you want to hear more? And if you say, yeah, that sounds interesting, then they play the rest of the ad. It's an interactive dialogue-based ad. I think that's fantastic. And it'll actually make TVs and uh, other forms of uh, content like podcasts more interactive, more engaging, and increase uh, engagement rates with with the adverts themselves. The, uh, the last big, uh, big trend is that they're going to be integrated everywhere. So we're not just going to see them in the big uh, processor-heavy devices like smart speakers and smartphones, but also in uh, small low-power devices like in the home, in door locks, in fridges, uh, in the workplace, in uh, the uh, mobile, in, sorry, in the conference uh, telephone systems, in the water cooler, maybe in the vending machines, um, when you're outside, possibly in things like billboards or bus stops, you know, things that require a certain level of interaction. Uh, that combined with hearables, that combined with things in your car, means that um, voice, inter voice interfaces will be with you 24-7, even when you're in bed. So that means that it provides the opportunity for a continuity of uh, voice-enabled uh, voice services. When you develop applications, no longer do you have to think about this as an application for the bedroom or for the bathroom. It's just a voice application. You're with the customer through their entire day, from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed. Okay, I think I've said everything on that one. <laughs> Time is short. All right, next one, content. Yeah, all right, so from everything that I've just said, it's going to, oh, excuse me, I just need to take a look. From everything I've just said, it's going to um, increase the number of users on these voice-enabled uh, voice platforms, okay? So that means more usage comes more content. Uh, this can be broken down into three categories at least. First of all, there's user-created content, which as you know is, uh, was huge for mobile with social media, photo sharing. The, the user-created content was, drove much of the engagement. On the, on the voice side, we've got a number of co uh, companies uh, rising up that allow you to build your own uh, apps more easily than through... Uh, Alexa or uh, Dialogflow, for instance, on the Google side. We've got VoiceFlow, BotTalk, the Jovo framework. It makes it easier for you to develop apps that you can publish your own content. But there's also trends like uh, nanocasting, uh, which is about uh, recording short-form audio and broadcasting it. We've yet to see uh, the Twitter for audio really come about, uh, but it's just a matter of time, in my opinion. Um, but we've also seen this stuff uh, gaining traction in the workplace. Um, so, for instance, you can imagine your morning uh, stand-up meeting where everyone gives a 30-second uh, summary of what they've done and what they're going to do. On a distributed team, this can be done through voice and everyone can play through it in their own time and get an update of what the, what the, uh, what the team's doing. The next one, uh, content from existing sources. Of course, there's plenty of content already online. I'm afraid that's the end of this episode's free preview. That's right, full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are only available for a limited period of time after their release. 
The full one-hour episode is available to VoiceTech Pro subscribers, along with all the other episodes we've produced. Go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro, where for just a few dollars a month, you can become a VoiceTech Pro and receive a range of exclusive benefits. VoiceTech Pros get more content each month. You unlock access to the entire catalogue of full-length episodes, including this episode. You can enjoy extra content, such as exclusive interviews just for VoiceTech Pro subscribers, plus bonus questions in the main interviews. And you also get to hear episodes sooner than everyone else, weeks ahead of their public release, in fact. VoiceTech Pros also get a special role in our online community, high-quality episodes with no ads and studio-quality sound, and a chance to support the show and ensure we keep on producing more great episodes like this one. So please go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and become a VoiceTech Pro today.